Welcome to the Known Legacy Podcast, by Dads for Dads, coming at you from the Lone Star State Cigar Shop in Allen, Texas. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your host, Bill and Travis. Uh, this is DJ Overflow, by the way, for everyone listening. DJ Overflow. Man, DJ Overflow from Houston, Texas, man. Um, and so I've been, I've been DJing for quite a few years, man. I grew up in a, in a uh, Christian home. Uh, my dad is a pastor, a Latin, you know, Latino church. Um, and so I grew up listening to preachings all of my life, right? Yeah. Um, but, then, but, but then one of the things, too, though, is as, as, I, as, as growing up as a young boy, you see a pastor that would go in and go on preacher mode and, and you know, kill it and tell, yeah. you know, God, God loves you, God's grace, God's mercy. Um, and then he would spend a lot of his time trying to save the world, right? Trying to save the world, but is not necessarily at home to give us affirmation. He was a yeah. great provider, right? And, and, and even a great example of what, not not necessarily a great example, a, a an example of what a man that is after God's own heart looks like. An example, not a great example, an example, right? And so for me growing up, I'm seeing a guy going back and forth to church, but yet I come home and I might have done something wrong, and then he beats the crap out of us, Yeah. right, to a point of, and I'm just sharing an experience, beats the crap out of us to a point where, my mom has to get in the way of and stopping him because he's blacked out. He's gone to a place and obviously can't seem to stop doing what he's doing. And then here I am with four welts on my back, an elementary kid. Okay. All right. And an elementary kid. And she's so afraid of sending me to school because CPA may be, you know what I'm saying? Child Protective yeah. Services, CPS yeah. may be knocking on the door. Right. So here I am not going to school for about two days because she's got to make sure the world's go down and it doesn't look the way it looks. Then I go, I go to school, right? And then here I am seeing my, 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 my father go back again, preach the good word of the Lord, come home, and I'm seeing him beat the crap out of my older brother. So this goes on for a long time. We start getting older, and we start getting about 12. I was about 12. My brother was about 15. 13, yeah. Yeah, around yep. that. My, my brother was a lot older than I was. And so here we are. We get tired of this lifestyle. Right, right. Okay? We get tired of the lifestyle. And so I remember my brother standing up. He was 15, and I remember the belt was, was coming his way, puts his hand up. The belt wraps around his arm, and he takes it off. Wow. Takes it off. And I'm sitting here watching this, and I was ready. When I say I was ready, I was like, Man, if my brother gets on top of him, I'm doing the exact same thing. Because right. I'm Adrenaline gonna go was going. Yes. You were good to go. You I, had made the decision. It was time. It was time. So that was the that was the line. That was the, the line on the sand for us where we told our dad enough. Right? This is this is gone too far. And that was the day where he really just slowed down. Right? It slowed down. And so I say this to say, for me growing up. There's a bunch of rules and things. We have to go to worship service. We have to go to prayer service. We have to go to these vigils. We have to go do these uh, explosive uh, outreaches, right? And we see, we're seeing people coming to God, okay? But then here I am saying, man, but the God that I'm looking through my father isn't really the God that I really want to serve or isn't really the God that I want to follow, 
right? And so I rebel because there's this thing inside of me that says, this is, something's not right, right? And I feel almost forced, forced. There's a force to go, forced to, to follow the rules and the laws and all this, right? So here I am, 16, 17 years old, start going into drug addiction, okay? Sitting here doing drug addiction because I'm trying to escape from all the years of what I went through. And I no longer have faith. I've never had an experience of Jesus. I've only had the experience of the Jesus that my parents believe in, but not my own personal experience. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So here I am rebelling. I remember I was like 16, 17. And when my parents would go to uh, prayer service or Saturday services, I would leave an hour or two before and I would not come home. Because I knew that dad had to be over there no matter what. So I would not show up. I would let them go, and I would sneak back in the house through one of our windows. Okay? Yeah. This, this, is, this, is, this yeah. is what I had to deal with, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here I am, and I remember this was an ongoing battle between my dad and I, right? This is, this is an ongoing battle. Yeah. Became very rebellious, right? Um, then I remember really facing, he found out that I was using drugs, Ended up finding out that I was, you know, habitually using drugs because I was stealing money. Started stealing church yep. money at that. And I'm not proud to say that, but I started church money and stuff, right, to fill in this yeah. gap, this this high that I needed to fulfill this void and to, you know, fulfill this pain and hurt and just really just try to uh, push it down, you know, and not deal with it. Because, one, I didn't have a great relationship with my father. He was never home. So how could I have a relationship with him and share my, you know, my hurt, my pain? So... 16, 17, I remember telling him, I said, God, this God that you worship, this God that you serve, I said, honestly, I said, I hate him. I said, I, I hate him. I said, because, one, I didn't tell him this. I said, I hate him because you forced me to believe in something that I don't agree with. Why? Because he didn't have the best example. He didn't give me the best example to believe in this God right, that is a caring. Yes. You're, you're saying God is this. Your dad is a representation of that father, that heavenly father, mm -hmm. and, and your dad is messed up and, and doing all of these things that are so contrary to the very thing he's telling other people on Sunday morning. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And it's, it is tough. It's, t it's very, very tough, right? It's very, very tough. So I remember my dad, my father going and getting into this place. And I think it was probably a, for him, a moment of clarity, a moment of like, oh my God. Right. And, and I can only imagine what were the thoughts going on in his head. So I brought in a lot of headache in my home. Right. I brought in a lot of headache in my home. I'm not proud of it. And I'm even, you know, even safe to say that I was a black sheep in my home. And I and I know that my, my brothers would 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 say yes. Right. But 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 don't kid yourself. That stuff doesn't come from just nowhere. Yes. You know, I mean, there, there's a legacy that you were kind of handed and you lived that legacy out yes. in such a way that, yeah, it was painful for people. But but don't take more of that on yourself than you need to. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Correct, correct, correct. So, so and I know there's people probably listening. There's probably going to be youth youth listening or uh, PKs listening, you know, uh, pastor's kids listening, all kinds of different, you know, people all over the world. Maybe you were a PK and you're already married. You got a wife, you know yeah. what I'm saying? This is for you too, right? This yeah, is for you yeah, too. Yeah. So I grew up, went into a drug addiction, three years into it, then I go through a drug overdose. Okay, um, I moved out of my parents' home at 17. I know it is. All right, at 17, right? At 17, I move out at 17. Here I am. Here I am at 17, and I decide, you know what? I'm gonna move out. I'm, I'm done with the like. I felt like I didn't wasn't loved. 
I felt like I was outcasted because I no longer wanted to go to church. I, you know what I'm saying? There was no outlet yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah. And even back then, there isn't what we have today for the youth. There's so many different outlets today than it was back then. Right. You didn't have rappers or it wasn't as embraced as rappers or rap concerts or, you know, all the other great things that we currently have today. Right. Within the church. So anyways, so I go through this drug addiction all on my own and I literally dying in an apartment. I took like six, seven lines of crystal meth, ecstasy, smoked some weed. And, you know, this is in a pivotal point in my life where I had tried to stop doing drugs. I, I tried it. I was good for two weeks, clean for two weeks, clean for a month, and right, hit it hard right back. It, and it was just, I couldn't get out of it. So here I am, literally in a couch, knowing something's not right. I'm feeling this, something's not right. So I go, and then all of a sudden, I feel like literally my spirit is being sucked out, and I go into this dark abyss place. Okay. Holy smokes. Yes, I'm going to this dark abyss. Now, mind you, here's a kid who grew up listening to the word of God, grew up listening and just hating God. Yeah, absolutely. You know, ha hating God, right? Really hating God. And so I'm in this place. I'm going in and I immediately recognize what it was. All the years of listening to different preachers and preachings, and I knew this, hell. Is, this is hell. Hell. Hell is real. Yeah. Okay. And I'm like, oh my God, what is you know, what am I going to do now? Right. So I remember things were coming upon me. Or you could say demonic beings. You could say beings, fallen angels, whatever you want to call them. They're real. But you were conscious enough to experience that in such a way that you're going. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That literally that I was like, yo, this is real. Right. And when I was in that place, let me tell you this. There is no sense of direction. There is no sense of up, down, left, right. And there is no sense of conscious where I want to go forward and I'm going to go forward. Right. All of that is gone. We as humans, we have the ability to create and think of something and be able to do great things because we're able to create them and do them, right? We can build buildings and all that. There, there is none of that. All of that's gone. That freedom's gone. Right. Okay? So I'm sitting here like thinking, oh, my God, this place is real. But the moment that I think about that, the, these, these demonic beings start making fun of me. Oh, what are they going to say that the pastor's son died of a drug overdose? And they're mm. just literally just. Oppression, accusing oppression, voices. accusing, accusing, accusing. Yep. The lies. The lies and everything. Come to steal and destroy. Yes. But the minute that they said, what are they going to say that the pastor's son, the, the word pastor resonated, and I thought of my father, and then I thought of Jesus. Mm. Okay, I thought of Jesus. Even though my father wasn't the best representation of Jesus, right. somehow, some way, I, I understood, okay, if hell is real, then this Jesus that I did hear about must be real and powerful then. So all I did was think about Jesus. And the moment that happened, the moment that happened, he came right in there. Wow. He came right in there. Okay. He came right in there. Eight hours later, eight hours later, and I know this, being in, in that place felt like eternity. Okay. But as I woke up eight hours later back here on earth, Right. I recognize what God had given me, which was a second chance. Right. There was no preaching. There was no revival, no outreach, no none of this. It was a personal experience of who Jesus is in the power. And I said, OK, this Jesus is real. And obviously the Jesus that I was taught or I saw wasn't the one. Right. That I, right. That, that I thought he was. Right. So that 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 brought a change in me. And so then I started searching for myself. I started searching scriptures, I started reading the Bible on my own and really digging up. And then I realized 
man, you know what? My dad was only growing. He was learning as he went, right? He was learning as a pastor. He had so many things going on. And you guys probably know a lot of pastors, a lot of leaders, and they deal with so much. Yeah. And they lose sight. Even I say this, they lose sight of the first ministry, the, the first institution that God makes here on earth. And I say this because I believe that through my problems and situations that he faced, he realized I need to change for my little brother and yeah. my little sister. Oh, yeah. So all the things that I wanted in a father and I needed in a father, I didn't get him. But he learned through my, through, through my failures and failings, he learned how to love them the, the right way. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, so they got the better part or the better half of what I felt I should have gotten. So your dad had a redemptive moment. Yes. Your dad had an awakening kind of thing where, where he, 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 he kind of saw the disconnect and he started to live as he sees Jesus living to him. Correct. Wow. Correct. You know, what's funny is, is you had mentioned this, and, and I think it's so true. Um, one of my friends, one of my mentors uh, said once, you know, there's 100 people that are called to be pastor. Thousands. Yes. Millions of people that yes. could be called to be pastor. Yes. But only one person that's called to be husband to that wife. That's right. Your wife. Yes. There's only one person called to be dad mm -hmm. to those kids. Yeah. And I think making sure that we, regardless of our career, it happens a ton in the church. It happens as much in the business world. Right. Small business world. It doesn't matter. That we remember the priorities and the establishment that, that God has established for us of saying, please. Right. There's one husband that's right. to that wife. That's right. That's you. That's right. That's a high priority. You invest in that as if I invested in you. you that's you right. Know? That's right. And that's hard to do. That's, it's a, it, was a, it was a pivotal moment, though, for him. And then I think I recognized something as I grew. I recognized that now he started to really love on them. Now I started to recognize the grace that the Father tells us that we, we have in him. But then I started recognizing the grace that he was giving my little sister and my little brother. And, yes, don't get me wrong, it didn't happen overnight. Mm, yeah. It wasn't like, oh, I woke up one day, I'm going to be a good father today. It was, yeah. it was a long-standing process. So now here it is. I'm, I'm moving forward. I find Jesus through this situation. I go back to church where my father is, is serving Right, right where my father is serving, and I said, "Okay, there's got to be a change." And so I go back. I start learning more scriptures. I start getting discipled. Right, I start getting people in my life. Yeah. Um, and then even at that, there was still a disconnect personally. For me personally, there was a disconnect within the church. There was a disconnect just because of I'm the first generation of of uh, Latino or, or Hispanic living here in America. So my my dad comes from Honduras, and he came out here. You know looking for the, the American dream. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm the first generation. So I'm sure a lot of that had to do with him also trying to figure out the new lifestyle, the new way of the American way, and, you know, all that. Yeah, all that yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I, and I say that as I got older, I'm, I'm 34, I'm recognizing those things because I, too, work now, and I have a son, and I'm realizing a lot of things. Yeah. So that happened. Lo and behold, I get married, you know, have a wonder, wonderful uh a wife, been married for 10 years, going on 11 years, got a nine-year-old son. So here I am still dealing with some things that I never closed, right? Because there's a lot of pain. Even though I came to Jesus, right, and even though I, and he gives us the grace, he gives us the freedom, but there's some things that I still didn't really um, go back and, and fix, right? And so <clears throat> I meet guys like like Melvin Adams uh, who become mentors in my life. Right. You know, uh, uh, men who really love their wives, men who really love their kids. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so for me personally, all the things that I wanted to be done to, to me as a son, right, 
I said, you know what? I'm going to make sure that my son experienced all the things that I desired for, for that I wanted to happen. Yeah, I, dude, I love your story. I think it's a beautiful story of grace and, and, and the change of working through it. And I would love to, if you could say something to those pastor's kids or people who are in that are like, listen, I'm done with this. What would you share with them? What would you say to them? I mean, I'm, I just want to share this, man. Like, ask God to make himself real to you, right? Not only that, surround yourself. Find some mentors, mentors who are real about loving people, mentors who are real about loving their wives, loving their kids. Find some people that are for real, seriously, like loving them, right? And surround yourself. You know, they always say, uh, tell me who you're with and I'll tell you who you are. And if you see somebody who really loves their wife and is really there for their kids, man, get close to them because that energy, that vibe, that spirit that is in them is going to, it's going to rub off on you as well. You know, so I say that Melvin Adams, and, and, you know, you guys are here for Melvin Adams. Melvin Adams is one of the mentors in my life that I felt like, man, he loved his wife. He loves his wife, loves his children, you know, and I knew that by me continuously just rubbing elbows and talking to him and sharing with him, I could learn some things to change, you know what I'm saying, and not oh, yeah. rerun, oh, yeah. rerun the same cycle. Right, and that, and that and that's the thing that, that I wanted to talk about today was the, this reality of so many of us come from a broken legacy. Yes. Where and, and if we are not intentional, we will just repeat the same thing because that's what's been taught to us, that's what's been invested in us, and we just repeat the cycle, repeat the cycle, repeat the cycle. And what I love is the fact that you were able to stop that cycle mm -hmm. and move on. My, my question to you is this. Let's say there's a dad listening right now that realizes, I've been living two different lives. I live a life in the public eye and who they think I am, and the life that I live in the private eye, back at home with my kids, back at home with my wife, is completely disconnected. And that's not the way to live life. That's, right. that's not the life that God's called us to live. That's not the life that we can ever live yes. because our kids are smart enough. They pick up on it. Our wives are smart enough. They pick oh, yeah. up on it. And the very people we think we love the most are the ones we're hurting the most. Mm -hmm. You have a dad sitting right now in the car listening to that and realizes, my life is disconnected. I need to bring this in to sync and be the same person in both places. You have a chance to talk to your dad when you're three, not when you're 13, Correct. not when you're 17. Correct. What would you tell your dad back then when you're a three-year-old and you see the disconnect and you're seeing the destruction, the hurt that it's bringing to the people that your dad genuinely loves? Correct. He just doesn't know how to love them the way that Jesus loved him. You know, at the end of the day, man, I think is spend time, time, you know what I'm saying? Prioritize what matters, what really matters. And not only just prioritize... God, I believe that God loves the first institution that he established here on earth, and that is family structure. I think a lot of yeah. pastors get caught up in growing the church and building the church and expanding the church and wanting to grow the church, which is a great thing. Because we're working for God. Correct. And you don't want to mess up. You stamp on it. You dude, stamp on absolutely, that. Absolutely, yes. dude. Yeah. And I've used that with my wife. I'm working for, for God. God. And yeah. my wife's like, you ain't working for no one tomorrow. <laughs> and she will, I mean, she has slapped me down. But, but you're exactly right. And I think not just spend time with your kids because sometimes we can lie to ourselves and say, well, I'm spending time with my kids at church. Yeah, and or I'm spending my time with my kids at at, at sports, and that's different. Yeah. You just need to spend unstructured time with people. It, let me just give you an example, personal example of mine. My son recently, I was just on the way over here, and Melvin and I were talking and discussing about this. Recently, my son was like, Dad, I just want to sit on the couch, and I want to look at funny, dumb, stupid Snapchats. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. And Welcome uh, to 2018. Yes. Right. He's a nine year old. Right. In my mind, yeah. as a father, is like, dude, this is such a waste of time. Why? I have I have better things to do. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. I have better things to do. But, but so I said, you know what? But this is what creates a memory in his life. All right. It's not so much that it's a waste of time. It's so much of it's an investment in him that I'm going to yeah, do. That's so I'm sitting back and we're watching Snapchat and we're laughing for an hour. Right. He's going to remember the fact that we laughed for an hour and we sat on that couch than me being away all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, you killed me with that. There's more important things to do. Yes. I have maybe not verbally, but internally used that as an excuse to not do a hundred different things with my kids. Correct. And it, it, dude, if you ever use that, realize the, and what you're saying, the most important thing you can do yes. is invest in the family relationship. Yes. The mo- and yes. so if you ever find yourself, dad, driving, you're like, I got more important things to do or, you know, whatever. Stop. It's yes. a lie. It, it is. is an absolute lie. Snap. I, I wouldn't do Snapchat. <laughs> My kids are all into YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Dude, perfect it's, guys. It's YouTube, Instagram. Oh, it's all of that. Yeah. They watch guys playing video games yes. for hours, hours and love it. I'm like, yes. what, what, are you, what are you doing? But then I realize I watch guys playing football for hours, for hours. and I don't, I don't play football. I mean, you know, you know I can't run 10 yards and not have, have a heart to, attack. We have to stop. We have to slow down. Not only that, I think a lot of times as, as fathers, we're trying to take our family to a certain place, right? Because we are the provider. God's yeah. supposed to be provider. But at the same time, if you realize God says, seek the, the kingdom of God first and his righteousness and everything else shall be added unto you. I believe that if God says, you know what? That is my righteousness. That is my kingdom. You spending time with your child, I'm going to go ahead and make sure that your business is going to grow. I'm yeah. going to make sure that your church is going to expand. Yeah. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. We lose sight of the reality of all those things. And I say that even with my father, he lost sight, but then realized I'm going to love what I have, which was my little brother, and my little sister. And I'm going to awesome. make sure that I'm going to invest in them. And, you know, I'm proud of him. I can see him say that I'm proud of him. He's got three cool. three churches, over 3,000 cool. members at the church. But that didn't happen until he had to change his priority. Yeah. You know, That's change good. his priority. So I think it's good. I think it's good. I mean, even as we wrap up this one, as we wrap up this one, I think I think the best thing, um, you know, if there's any kind of encouragement, I love what you're talking about, about just, you know, we, we talked about one of our other podcasts about taking back your calendar. Mm-hmm. And I think this is why it's important because, guys, as we're, as we're sitting here, you know, as you're driving home from work or as you're sitting at home and your wife's like, okay, I'll listen to this podcast this time, what we're trying to do is help you not get to the point where your son walks away because yes. of something you did. Now, yes. listen, we know kids walk away sometimes. Yes. We know stuff happens. But we want to help prevent for you that feeling of guilt that you said, I could have stopped this. Yes. And so, dads, what's most important is the investment into your kids' lives. Because you again, we'll say it again. When you when you when you speak life into your kids, you speak life into your great grandchildren. That's it, and it changes everything. You know, on a practical note, side guys, everybody who's listening, fathers who are listening, um, put time in your calendar. Put a schedule. You have you have twenty four hours in a day. You can spend two hours or an hour every single day. You know, every single day to be with your kids. My Mondays. I go out and I make sure every Monday night, once I pick up my son, it's all his time. Wow. I spend time with him. You, you, you know, I spend. I make sure that I spend time with him. Um, and I, I try to. I try to do my best to try to make sure I give him at least one day out of the week where I spend whatever time that is. And he he loves basketball. So if it means that I got to go to the basketball court, that's mm-hmm. what I'm gonna do. 
you know, a lot of times we'll use the excuse, I don't have any finances, I don't have any money, he wants me to go spend money, I don't have that. Dude, it's that simple. Right. Take him to the right. park. Go kick a soccer ball for an hour. Yep. Go throw a frisbee for throw an hour. Throw a baseball. Yes. doesn't matter. It does not the matter. The activity is secondary to the reality that you are, are, are investing that time that your dad never invested into exactly. you when you were younger. Exactly. And you saw that, you smelled that, and you're like, this is a fraud. Exactly. And you're, you're going absolutely against that. Dude, I think that's a phenomenal takeaway from yes. this is, like, put it on the calendar, guys. Dads, put on like you put should be dating your mom. On your phone. Yes, yeah. Put like you should one one time one. Uh, you should date your wife at least once a month. Yes. Date your wife once a month, and I don't care if you got to go to like Brahms and get a bag of burgers for five bucks. I don't go care. Go take what her on it a is. picnic and make a sandwich from the house. Throw throw on a covers seriously on, some it, cheese, some mayonnaise. You're good to go. Put, bring the radio and just sit there. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> because the activity isn't the important part. Correct. We buy the lie that the activity is what's important. Yes. It's not. It's the time. It's the investment. It's being there. Yes. So I love that. Every week, invest some time. Put yes. it on your calendar that you're going to spend unadulterated with your kids. That's it. And once a month, at least once a month, yes. a time you and your wife get away from everything, everyone, and just look into each other's eyes and are reminded That's right. of why you got into this commitment in the first place. That's right. And you know what? We'll probably do a part two, hopefully. For some of the for some of the older people who are already married and probably still feel grudge towards your father, yeah, for him not doing things, and and I and we'll do probably a part two hopefully one day, um, of how I confronted my father and shared all the things that I held, you know, all the yeah. things from yeah. when I was a kid, and I was like, man, I need to let this out because I can't continue to walk around with all of this burden in in me. Just bury it and hope it yeah, goes away. Yeah, it never no, goes away. It's not gonna go away it comes until out you expose it. Yep. Until you talk about it. Yep. It's funny, you know, I heard this saying, it said, unforgiveness is like sipping poison and expecting the other person to die. And I think that's a lot of our lack of forgiveness is us not going to let it go and go, I just need to let this go. So I'd love to hear that sometime. And, uh, man, we're so thankful uh, for, for you sharing your heart because this is what we need because th- this whole podcast is based on real guys just doing real life. Like, we don't have this together. Right. We're a bunch of messes. But I think it's us getting down to real of, like, there, there isn't necessarily the easy five steps for you to, to build a relationship back with your dad because yours looks different than someone else's. Correct. And I love that what you, but the biggest thing is you kept fighting for it and you kept believing that it could happen. Yes. And things changed. Things changed. But only through the, through, through the power of the real Jesus That's right. that came and changed you. That's right. That's right. So, man, you have to put in action, man. Faith yeah. that works is dead. And I mean, many of you guys know this stuff. You have to put in action. You have to put in time. You have to go yeah, out there and do stuff. it. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, this podcast could be another podcast that you listen and just be information. Don't let it be information, guys. Yeah. Do something. Do something about it. Man, we're thankful for you. Thanks for being on the show today. Thank you, guys. You guys have yourself a great day. Absolutely. Take care. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to By Dads for Dads on the Known Legacy podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.